We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Stream up, Saturday edition. Of the show, salute to everybody out there, what's going on, Knicks Nation, CP from the Knicks Fan TV, my man Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show, special guest with us today, he goes by the name of Front Office I, Spencer Perlman, also the Stepian, and on today's show, we're going to break down his top five NBA draft prospects right now, pre-March Madness Tournament. And, uh, and yeah, we're going to take your phone calls, man. This is a Knicks NBA Draft special Saturday live stream featuring Spencer Perlman. Spencer, how you feeling today, bro? Good. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good, man. So um, let's tell the fans a little bit about yourself, man. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'm Spencer. Uh, graduated law school a little over a year and a half ago. Um, I've always been a huge basketball fan. Worked with the Tulsa Shock in their front office where I was scouting, doing contracts, helped him practice a little bit, and uh, worked with statistics. And now I am sending out scouting reports to teams, keeping like a private portfolio for myself and trying to get in with a front office somewhere. Okay. Uh, that's good, man. Well, hopefully, you know, if they watch you on the show, man, hopefully they, they get to see a little bit of what you bring to the table. But definitely thanks for, for coming on and, and joining us today. Thanks uh, for having me. Listen, you were at the game last night at the Garden. We got an 11-48 and 48 New York Knicks team. The tank is strong. It's formidable. Uh, so, listen, March 14th is a, is, is a very important day as part of the offseason rebuild for this team. So, in this draft, uh, what's what's been noted as not too deep of a draft um, – you know, let, let's take a look at your top five, man. Let, let's start with the big guy, man. The, the one that everybody's highly touting. Just broke out of his sneakers <laughs> earlier this week. Busted out of his Paul George's as Zion Williamson, man. What, what is your take on the Zion phenomenon, bro? 
he's I mean he's a phenomenon like six six he's not 285 anymore he's been losing some weight uh he's in the 270s now he's unbelievable athlete he's got ridiculous like vertical spacing ability he can pass he can handle he can finish um the jump shot you know needs a little bit of work but I think he's been shooting somewhere in the 30s from three uh since conference play started mm. um and he's his personality is awesome like he is a guy you want in front of the big lights and i mean i think he'd do well in new york yeah it, yeah he's, he's definitely a guy that i i see can looks like he can handle the spotlight man but on, on that on on his jumper where you know where, where a lot of people um like to knock him a few points i mean what is it that that people are, are criticizing him for is it the shooting form is it just the low percentage or what about his, his jumper is is the knock right now it's both uh he was never really a good shooter even going back to his time in aau and i posted a few clips um maybe two months ago or so of some of his aau stuff and his off the dribble shooting ability where it's actually better but when you watch his uh, his form shooting, uh, taking catch and shoot jump shots, his elbow is flaring and he's not squared up anywhere. Like his elbow is going one way, his feet are going the other, and his body is, I mean, his body is fine. Um, but the form needs work. I don't think he'll ever really be a good catch and shoot shooter. Maybe he'll get to like 33, 34%, which is serviceable, but the average in the NBA is like 35 or 36. Um, but I do think he's a better off the dribble jump shooter than he's shown just because what we've seen in the past and coach K kind of limiting his role. I hear that. I hear that. Um, what I, what I see in him, like what I like even more so than, you know, just the way he dominates the game is his defense, man. What's your, what's your take on his defense? Cause I feel like he has a, a good uh, defensive awareness out there. He has a good knack for the ball. Uh, what, what's your take on, on, on Zion from a defensive standpoint? Yeah, so on ball, I think he's great when he actually wants to get in the stance. Like, he, he's a big guy. He, for him to be able to stay with smaller players, his, his technique has to be pretty on point, um, even with his, like, ridiculous athleticism. Um, but when he's not locked in, he, it's easier to take him off the dribble, and you'll see a couple of guys get by him. Mm-hmm. Then off ball, I think his positioning is actually pretty good. Like, people think that he's just that guy who's going to go for steals and blocks and like he'll take a lot of risks and more often than not, I think he'll get away with it just because his anticipation's great. Um, and his IQ is great, but then there are other times where he's just not doing well at all. And like, he'll get beat back door cause he's going for a steal just where he shouldn't be. So mm-hmm. I think his defense is definitely overlooked. I think that if you really want to make him into like a defensive player of the year candidate in the NBA, which I think he can get there. He has to be drafted and he has to be coached up and basically taught to like, you know, basically pick and choose when you, uh, when you go for the steal, when you go for the block and things Mm. like that. Interesting. Interesting, man. In terms of, um, his fit another area where I see people, I guess, confused about is, um, can he guard threes? Are threes going to be too quick for him at the NBA level? Are fours going to be too big for him at the NBA level? What do you what do you think about that in terms of where he fits? I mean, in terms of weight, I think he's coming in like the second heaviest player in the NBA behind Boban. Wow, um, which is that's crazy. crazy. Boban, yeah, Boban's like seven three. And yeah, Zion facts, facts. That's crazy, man. But that's that's funny because isn't he a lord that he is heavy and can do that? 
those kind of things. And if he's kind of a normal weight, he would just be like a small forward almost. <laughs> yeah. And my thing is like, I think if he gets down to like 255-ish pounds, he'll still keep that same strength because he's mm-hmm. not someone who plays smaller than his weight. If anything, he plays bigger than his 265 pounds, 270 pounds uh, frame. So if he gets down to 255, I think he'll be able to guard fours. I think he'll be able to switch on to some smaller fives. Um, and then threes, yes, but do you really want anyone like him chasing someone around the perimeter? Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure if I'd want that if I were a coach. Um, but, you know, switching on point guards, I think he'll be able to defend most point guards in isolation when he's in the stands. I wonder if it'd be quicker if you lose the weight too, because that's that's the scary part. Because you know you lose you lose thirty pounds, the speed is going to go up. So I, I wonder. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like another level that he can reach athletically. It's like I mean, everyone's seen the photo of him, um, of him blocking like DeAndre Hunter's jump shot. He was like mm-hmm. fifteen feet away, yeah. and then he ends up closing in, and then you know all the photos of his head at the rim and above the rim, and I mean, he can get higher. And then in the short space athleticism, which is also like unheard of, he'll just be, you know, half a second faster, which doesn't seem like it makes a big difference, but that's a huge difference in yeah. the NBA. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I like this kid's defense, man. I, I yeah, definitely like this kid's defense, even more so than his offense, man. Mm-hmm. Um Spencer, what's your take on on the injury hype and and the should he play, should he not play sort of deal? Or where are you on that? I th- so, I mean, I think college athletes should either be paid or they should be allowed to use like their image in order to, you know, either get sneaker deals or sell autographs or that kind of stuff. So from that standpoint, like, why would you risk tearing your ACL or spraining your MCL again or, um, you know, doing something to your foot, which is obviously terrible for a big man. Like, If I were him, I'd really, really think about just sitting out because he's going to be the first overall pick if he doesn't play another second. Yeah. Um, selfishly, I want to see him play just because I don't really want to have to go, you know, eight months without watching him in a competitive atmosphere. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the injury, like this is the first big injury he's ever had. As far as I know, like I've done research, I've tried searching for anything. I think he had like, might've had like knee tendonitis for like a week or so, which I know tendonitis is like a progressive thing and just gets worse, but it hasn't bothered him since then. Mm-hmm. And the MCL was like this was a freak accident. Like his shoe just exploded on him. Exploded. Like, I, I that's gonna happen. Yeah. Again. Um, but I mean, just going back to the weight, if he gets down, you know, to 255, 260, I think his career will probably stay at its peak a little bit longer, just because it's less wear and tear in his joints. And yeah, I mean, I, I'd weigh my, I'd weigh my uh, options with him. Yeah. But overall, you think that the hype is real with Zion. You think he's going to be the real deal at the next level? Yeah, I think him and Luca are like the two next guys up. Yeah. Like I was super high on Luca, and I'm super super high on Zion. Also, like those guys are they're going to be the next guys to take over the NBA. Who, who do you think was a better prospect? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I've, I haven't seen that man. It's interesting, man. It's, it's an interesting it's debate. Tough. Yeah. It's tough. Like those guys are definitely like the two, like clear tier one guys. Like right. I'm comfortable building around either of them. They have both have very different skill sets. Um, you you really can't go wrong either way. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting, man. We got a lot of star power coming into the league, JLs. That's for sure. Yeah, man. A lot of star do. power coming into the league. Hopefully, uh, like I said, May fourteenth. Uh, let, yeah. Let's let's hope for the best, man. Let's hope for the yeah, best. Please, please, please. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Shout out to everybody in the chat on this Saturday morning. I, I think um, a couple people on my channel had a, had some trouble getting into the show, but I think they're also on your channel, JLs. So yeah, uh, I've seen them. Yeah, so they able to welcome. catch it. Welcome, <laughs> welcome everybody to the show. Saturday edition NBA draft early bird live stream. We're talking about Spencer's top five prospects as it stands right now. So we just got through Zion. Spencer, where you want to go next, man? Who who's your number two? The number two on, on your big board, right? Controversial. Now? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's uh that's tough. Like. You can really go any way. So the way I see it, you have one tier one guy, and then you just have a whole bunch of guys at tier two. Yeah, that seems to be the sentiment from a, from a lot of guys. It's Zion in a class by himself and the rest. Yeah. Like, my tier two is trade down. Like, I would trade down, try to pick really? up a couple assets, see what happens. Yeah. Mm, like, against the your value, theory. See yeah, you. I think the value between, like, you know, you could get, you know, RJ it's at the second pick, you could get Cam at the second pick, or you could trade down. Maybe you could get um, maybe Hunter falls to eight. Mm-hmm. And then you could pick up Hunter and then maybe get another guy in the mid first round, or maybe you could do a Dallas didn't pick up. You know, I mean, you're probably not going to get a protected uh, top five pick in next year's draft just because next year's draft is better than this year's draft. But mm. I mean, I don't know. We, we can go whichever way you guys want. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's like, there's a little knock on those guys that Cam and RJ specifically because, you know, they seem like they're not really high defensive guys and not really a high percentage shooting either so i don't know like maybe it could be worth getting somebody who might not be as the high the upside not be as high but you know they might be a sure bet in the nba as like mm-hmm. a you know a role player or just a good a good player yeah, Instead of a yeah. like you know? <laughs> i love hunter like hunter i think is going to be a great defender i think he's going to be a good offensive player i actually think cam is a great defender hmm. um his shooting is super inconsistent and mm-hmm. That's an issue. Like his form, if you actually like watch his form in the next couple of games, you'll see sometimes his elbows down here. Other times it's like super pointy, and it's just he doesn't look comfortable when he shoots. Hmm. Um, Cam Cam Reddish. Yeah, let's let's talk about Cam because I, I feel like, um, especially on our show, I, I feel like you know some people, a lot of people in the chat aren't, aren't too high on him. Um, no, number one thing I, I hear from people a lot is, is that he's getting overshadowed by R.J. Barrett and Zion. Um, how do you see that with Cam Spencer? It's interesting. And on the one hand, I think he kind of is just because you know you have RJ slash Zion as the one in one a guys. And then you have Trey Jones, um, as the next guy. Up ah, I love Trey Jones, man. That dude's a uh, ball. Hawk, man. He's a yeah. ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Cam just kind of like floats around in the back on offense and he's more often than not the fourth option. Um, so I don't really think him be, him playing with Duke is like the best for his progression because his biggest not coming into college was he floats in and out of games. Um, he's not that aggressive, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So him kind of taking the back seat to two or three other guys is something I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, but I mean, at the same time, when he has a bigger role, it's not like he's snatching it up and you know taking advantage of it he's still fading into the back a little bit yeah mostly being a catch and shoot player um you can't really trust him around the rim which is i mean it's odd because he's not a great athlete but 
he's a better athlete than I think he showed this year. Mm. Um, I guess turnovers are up and the playmaking that I was under the impression that he had and many others were under the impression he had coming into the season. It's like, where is it? I mean, it's not really there that much. Right. Which is why I was kind of confused when I saw early reports of people slotting him in at the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't too, I didn't really see that. But then some of your, some of the ways you categorize him, is, it's kind of the Knox comparisons are almost um, yep. similar, JLs. Yep, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think he's more talented. So I actually said in the uh, podcast I did with Macri, um, the first podcast I did, I think, and I said that Cam might be the most talented overall in terms of him being able to pass, being able to shoot, being able to defend. But his mindset is not that of Zion or even RJ. Like if, mm. if Cam had RJ's mindset, that yeah. would be a very scary player. Right. Um, but mindset is a scary thing to me, man. This is yeah. why I was scared of Knox when he came mm-hmm. to the man. Because I don't know how – I feel like mindset might be hard to, to change. Yeah, I'm 100% him. with you. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, that scares me. Even with yeah. Knox being here, I mean – Knox is here. God bless him. I hope everything turns out right and that coaches inspire him. It worries me a little bit. Yeah. It's interesting, man, because as you as you point to his strength, Spencer, in being a good on-and-off ball defender and his length, uh, obviously that's something that Fisdale likes, and obviously that's something that could give us a lot of flexibility. Um, but, the you know, the motor issue, the mental issue, uh, could could give you reason to pause. Yeah, and then, like, I mean, his his mid range jump shot is nice. Like last game, I think they ran him off two or three pin downs and he hit them. Um, it's just when he's trying to put the ball down and attack the rim, he's he's either turning it over or he's just not finishing. Like he's finishing like I think like forty eight or forty nine percent of the shots at the rim this year, which is mm. bad. He's below forty percent maybe from two this year. Mm. Um, those are. Not not only red flags; those are like blood red flags. Like, mm. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's interesting, man. Yeah, I, I I saw that the Florida State game. You know, mm-hmm. I thought oh, that, that that's probably good. his best one of the season so far. Yeah, um, he went off. Yeah, he went off. But but as you said, you know, even even the Carolina game. You know, once Zion went out, a lot of people were looking at Cam and and even to you know to a certain extent RJ to kind of step up a little bit, but. Um, Overall, overall, bad, bad game by the by the Blue Devils there. Yeah, that wasn't fun. Yeah, man. So speaking of RJ, let, let's go to RJ next, man. Uh, what's your take on RJ Barrett? I, I feel like he's another one that's the opinions on him are quite polarizing, not just with Knicks fans, but just overall college basketball fans and yeah, and what he people, can really be, man. Go ahead, people are calling him a, people are calling the second coming of uh, Tim Hardaway. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Tim Hardaway. I've seen Kobe. I've I've seen the spectrum, Spencer. <laughs> I've seen it, yeah. man. Wait, wait, I've uh, seen T Mac. Somebody said T Mac. You know, I was talking to one of my friends a few days ago, and he actually brought up Dion Waiters, which was a comparison I hadn't heard before. And like in terms of strengths and weaknesses, it's it's interesting to think about. Um, but the way I see it, like RJ has the Kobe mindset without the Kobe skill set, mm-hmm. um, which is why his efficiency is low it's it's why he's you know he's taking on three guys at the rim instead of kicking it to the strong side corner where someone's open um but like if you want an engine for an inefficient offense and something should be said for that because not many people have that ability i do think rj 
can do that. Like, I think he'll get his 25 points on, you know, 53% true shooting, kind of like what Melo did, and not really provide much else, which is kind of unfortunate because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's skilled. Like, he can pass. He can defend when he wants to. Um, the shot is definitely a giant question mark. But, like, if he's drafted somewhere where he's given the reins day one, that I don't think that's going to turn out very well. Um mm-hmm. But if he goes to – I mean, there's really no chance he ends up in San Antonio. But San Antonio is probably the one place I'd love to see him just because, like, Popovich and his ability to really get every ounce out of every player and mm-hmm. play to their strengths. Um, kind of like how he has the Rosen playing right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, I've heard that comparison also. Um, but DeRozan was a better jump shooter coming out of college. Mm. And his form was much more translatable. Like, he was able to pull up quickly from the mid-range. And, like, he – definitely wasn't the passer that RJ is now. RJ is probably, I mean, he, he's well far, far ahead of where De, uh, DeRozan was as a rookie. And basically DeRozan right now, he's definitely improved as a passer, but if RJ can, can have that, that upward trend that DeRozan has, he can be a very, very good passer in the NBA, but does he want to be the very good passer? Yeah. Like shooting. Like he likes shooting a lot. I <laughs> said, <laughs> yeah, especially. I, I mean, I, I see him forcing a lot, especially the the Carolina game. Just watching the Carolina game, a lot. He, he he does make a lot of forced shots, but then there's other times, like the NC State game, where he flashes some ability, man. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah, it, it just depends on what he wants to be on, on a given game. Yeah, it, like the the, the uh, NC State game. That was the triple double game, right? Triple double game. Yeah. Yeah. So that game, I made a quick video about that and. Like the reason he were making on offense, if he was making on offense, they weren't super special. But when the double team came high, instead of attacking it, he'd kick it to someone and they get the shot. So he's making the smart pass. Right. So when you watch that game, then you compare that to what he did against UNC night and day. Like he was driving on three or four defenders with guys standing wide open. And the NC State game, like, he has that ability to do that consistently. It's, it's pretty simple. When the double team comes, you kick it. But the fact that it's he's only really done it once this entire year makes me think that that was more of, you know, a flash in the pan versus mm-hmm. a consistent thing. I hear that, man. What, what were you saying, Jails? Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't saying anything. I was just, I was just admiring his analysis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's interesting, man. It, it, it's interesting. I mean, you got like the size. You know, he's he's listed as six 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 seven. Um, as you said, man, can be a willing passer, but ha- having just gotten rid of Tim Hardaway Jr., who's uh, I guess similar similar style game, so hard for Knicks fans to accept. I see some people saying he's a chuck. Uh, Easy Win says he isn't selfish. Um. Yeah, like like I said, man, the, the opinions are are very sporadic with RJ, man. Very yeah. Sporadic. That, there's people who say they want RJ over Zion, which just seems insane to me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. People say that on Twitter, and I'm like pulling back my fingertips, so I'm not typing anything. Yeah, like, I'm just. You guys can think that I'm not. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Tell how you really feel. Don't. don't <laughs> you, gotta, you don't gotta be polite. You know, this is. <laughs> you tell them how it is. I mean, man. tell I, them they're crazy. Tell them they're crazy. Yeah. Like, Z- Zion is to AD what basically RJ is to Michael Kid Gilchrist. Like, the drop off between one and two is massive. Mm. <laughs> it's like they thing, average man. around the same amount of points, and Zion takes far, far less shots. Yeah. Uh, Wasserman, John Wasserman, he yeah. had a tweet, and it was like, I think RJ, 
I think he, he made two fewer shots or something like that on like an extra hundred and something attempts. I mean, that's crazy. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah, man. Zion's number one, guys. <laughs> Zion is it's number not, one. It's not yeah, too crazy and overthink this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like people go the other way because they're tired of the of the hype train. It's like, yeah. you just want to pick somebody else because this guy's been in the spotlight for so long. But Zion's number one. Let's yeah. just get that out the way. And then, you know, number two, three, four, we can bait that all. It's just, the question <laughs> is, can we get there, man? Can we yeah, get can there? Yeah, can we get there? Well, time will tell, man. Time will tell. Um, shout out everybody in the chat once again. This is a Saturday edition of the show. Knicks Fan TV, my man JL's from the Nick of Time show. Spencer, the front office eye, also at the Stepian. Does some scouting for the NBA. On, on the rise, up and coming scout. Uh, joining mm-hmm. us today to give us his top five big board. I saw some people in the chat had some trouble finding the show. That was probably my fault. Technical difficulty on my end. Um, so apologies on that if you're missing it live. But I see JL, so you got some people in your chat. Um, yeah. So so shout out to everybody joining us. T. Williams, Easy Wins, uh, Skip, Chris, Alex, all the way from Ireland checking in with us. Alex was the one that recommended you to us, man. Spencer. Yeah. I like Alex. He's a good guy. Never misses a show, man. Next film school. Yeah, you would think he lives in New York, man. This guy's six hours, six hours ahead of us. Alex is the mayor of Nick's Twitter. He's the mayor of Nick's Twitter. The most underrated Nick's Twitter guy on Twitter. Facts, man. (laughs) Facts. He's our chat moderator. He's everything, man. He he wears multiple hats in the community. So that's a fact. Yeah, man. Shout shout out to Alex and and uh, for recommending Spencer. Okay, so we did. We went through Zion, we went through Cam Reddish, we went through R.J. Barrett. So we've gone through the three, Spencer. Um, who are you charting in at four? You want to go Garland or you want to go uh, Culver? Uh, I'm going Culver. I had Culver as high as two earlier this okay. season. Yeah. I, yeah, I just saw that. I, I just saw that, man. So tell us a little bit about Jared Culver from Texas Tech, man. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of Karis LeVert. Mm. And mm. like, I mean, he's in, I know, you know, Knicks, Nets, all that stuff, but yeah, I loved Lavert at Michigan. And the only reason he wasn't really drafted that high was because of all the injury concerns. Mm. Uh, Culver, he's not really a primary guy. I mean, the only primary guys really, I guess, might be Zion and then RJ, although, you know, with the inefficiency, but in terms of being like a secondary tertiary guy in the starting, uh, on this, like in the starting lineup and a very good team, I think Culver can do it all. Um, you know, he's smart. He's more of a two or a three. Uh, so he's listed at six five, but mm. he's not six five. Like he's probably closer to six seven. And Ben Rubin also had the step in. He actually wrote a piece, basically trying to figure out how tall he actually is. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I'd I'd bet on him being measured in somewhere between six six and a half. And yeah, six, he looks seven. tall. He looks tall. Yeah, yeah. And then the thing is, like you know, people say he's skinny. He's definitely not like super built, but when you want to see if some someone can guard like a bigger guy, the upper body is going to develop pre- not pretty quickly, but it's going to develop mm. it's big legs. Like I, I think I pointed this out on Twitter before. It's a little bit weird to say, but the guy's quads are pretty big. So <laughs> wow. you want to switch him on to like a, like like a like a power forward, you know, like a Thaddeus Young. I think he'd be able to do it. Um, he's not a power forward, but you know everyone's switching now in the NBA. So having someone who can do that, that's a big the big strength. Interesting, interesting, man. <laughs> yeah. Jared Culver out of Texas Tech. 
shooting um, 50% from the field, 34% from three. Yeah, but his, uh, his shooting dipped a little bit recently. Okay, so yeah, talk about that. You said the shooting and his shooting form are, are some of his weaknesses. Uh, yeah, um, so I think it was before the last two games, he was having a pretty, pretty rough, rough stretch. I don't know what the percentages are off the top of my head, um, but like it just wasn't good. Um, and that's kind of to be expected because if you go back and watch his stuff from last year, his form is completely different. Like. Mm. He, he completely retooled it last year. It was a mess this year. It's, it's kind of a mess, but it's, it's, it's workable. Like, you know, there's a slight hitch and um, I actually think that maybe that's part of the reason why he's able to catch some defenders off guard because, you know, when he's still waiting to release the ball, they're on their way down. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's a huge issue. Um, but next year, I mean, he's shooting this well in year one of a new form year two, it should be, be even better. Um. So I guess that's in the shooting and the uh, the form, but mm. I'll buy it. Like I'll buy stock in the form. I'll buy stock in the shooting ability going forward. Yeah, that's interesting, man. So, so you think you you see him as more of a number three option uh, on a on an average team, number one on the Knicks? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think he could probably be a number two, but like even at Texas Tech, he's not. He's the number one, but he's not like the guy creating everything. Mm. Um, huh. It's sort, it's more of like the offense creating the looks, and then he's taking advantage of it. He's hitting guys out of the post, uh, mid post stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think he'd be a perfect third option. I think he'd be a perfect, obviously fourth option because then he's going down a little bit more. I think he could be a good second option, just not on a championship level team. Right. Um, but you know, if the Knicks get KD and Kyrie or KD and who else? If you want someone who's just going to slot in, he'd slot in. He could be a and, good sliding guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Interesting, man. Dan Wynn in the chat says he likes uh, Culver's motor potential. Mm-hmm. He, he likes his motor. Uh, let's see what else people in the chat say. Uh, Easy Win says, Jared Culver, nice player. Hope we don't fall that low. He doesn't think we will fall that low this year. I mean, it's crazy. Like, the first year the Knicks are actually tanking, you have a 50% chance if you get the worst record yeah. to end up fifth. End up fifth, which is why the tank needs to commence and commence strongly. I'd, I'd rather just pick fifth than seventh. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, Jake Bartosek in the chat says he's going to be at Texas Tech versus Kansas today at seven. He says he, goes, he, he says he goes to Tech. He saw him in the student union building. He's definitely six seven at least. There we go. All right, so it's confirmed. The confirmed. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Jake for the uh, for the oh. insights there. Shout out to Jake for the insights, man. Um, and it, when you guys want to call in, we're just gonna run through Spencer's five first, and then we'll give you guys a chance to call in. I see some people on the line waiting to get in. So um, shout out to everybody in the chats once again. Give us a thumbs up on the video if you're feeling the stream. If you're a diehard Knicks fan, definitely subscribe to the channels and That's hit the cool. notification bell so you don't miss. Um, shows like these. Um, okay, so we did Zion, we did Cam, we did R.J. Barrett, we did Jared Culver. Let's talk about uh, Darius Garland, uh, Spencer. He, he's a guy that some people in the chat have also touted. Um, coming off of an injury, torn mm-hmm. meniscus, um, but but highly touted, highly touted in the high school circuits. And um, you have him in your top five, man. Tell us a little bit about why, why you like Darius Garland. Yeah, so I actually went to Vanderbilt, full disclosure. Oh, there you go. Uh, He's a homer, Jay Ellis. I see. He's a homer. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. 
like the the way I see it, the two two of the biggest strengths you can have at point guard right now are the ability to shoot, especially off the dribble, and yeah. then like I mean, obviously playmaking and mm-hmm. then athleticism is there also. Um, he's not the athlete uh, John Morant is. Like he's not. He never will be. Mm-hmm. But in tight spaces, the guy I think is actually even quicker than Ja. Like mm-hmm. north south, he's not Ja. East west, I think he is Ja, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the ability to just like he'll pull up from thirty feet, and it'll be Trey Young like just completely effortless. Yeah, looks like a better shooter to shoot than than Morant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, much better. Much, mm-hmm. much, much, much better. Um, I actually see some shades of uh, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard in this game, mm. just because like you know he'll pull up right hand, left hand again from thirty feet, pick and roll, whatever, and he'll just he'll, he'll pull and he'll hit it. Um, I actually have the synergy stats pulled up right here. Mm-hmm. He's in the ninety uh, ninth percentile in jump shoot in jump shots. I mean, he played four games and then four minutes of the uh, fifth game, but not like. He was 19 of 34 from uh, on jump shots. Like that's great. Mm. And then even finishing around the rim, he's a bit slight. Yeah, but he's super comfortable with either hand. Like he'll reach around with his left hand. He'll use every possible inch of his wingspan just to get the edge. And this, he's got a very soft touch. Um, his playmaking, like he's not Chris Paul, mm-hmm. but I think he's a better playmaker than Lillard. Um, mm. He's not, you know John Morant's playmaker, but you know, you, you got to leverage, you got to figure out like, you know, with the jump shot, you can take maybe a little bit slightly worse playmaker because if anything, in the NBA where there's more spacing, they'll have to get out further. Yeah. And with his quickness, he can, uh, he can uh, create looks off the dribble, you know, just because guys have to respect the shot. So, so what you're saying is, because a lot of people have John Morant uh, number two in their minds. So what you're saying is you have him over Josh strictly because the jump shot is just that much further along. Yeah, I think the jumper is basically what sets apart good players from great players. Um, mm. And Garland's one of the best college shooters I've seen. I mean, Jaw's not. And people say, you know, Jaw's got a good free throw shooting uh, percentage. He's like 81, 82% or something like that. He went 21 for 21 one game, and he's in the 30s uh, from three. But the form, I don't think, is translatable. Mm. And, you know, mm. he's got it's not even like he just has one elbow shooting out. Like both of the elbows are out and that's not good for, uh, or, you know, the ability to just pull up on a dime and shoot off the dribble. And again, Garland can do that now. So mm. I think he'll be able to leverage that shooting ability to create looks at the rim for himself and then to create easy looks for other guys. Whereas it's harder to do that when you're just an athlete and you have the passing ability. So, so you think, uh, you know, because you don't hear too much about Garland, um, unless maybe you know you're in your line of work where you know you guys are studying these guys. Um, but, but do you think it's maybe because of the injury why why he's not being as uh, highly touted as Morant right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he had been healthy this season, I think he would have been easily the number one player, number one point guard. Sorry, uh, number one point guard in the draft. But I mean, he's hurt. So. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Um, and then, you know, when you, when they have the interviews and stuff like that near the combine, mm-hmm. the guy's super personable. Mm. Like, he's a fun guy. He's apparently a really hard worker, so I think he'll ace the interviews. Mm-hmm. Will he be the first point guard? I mean, if I'm a GM, I'm taking him first if I need that point guard. Mm. Um, but 
I'm not a GM yet. <laughs> he's on he's the way, man. He's, he's on the way. And and, and he, he, he throws in his fellow alum in, in the top five, Jails. Yeah. I, I, I forgot. Take it Spencer. how you want it. Take it how you want it. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot Spencer went to Vanderbilt, man. I forgot he went to Vanderbilt. Let's, let's see what the chat has to say about um, Darius Garland. What do you guys think in the chat about Darius Garland? Leave us a comment or um, leave us uh, a comment in the chat. Um, let's see. Sirach says Vanderbilt's court is ugly. What do you what do you think about that, uh, Spencer? Were you happy with the court when you were a student? <laughs> I actually played there, I, so I mean, I was going to try to walk on my senior year. Okay, injuries, okay. But, um, but I was able to play there with a few of my friends, and I like the court. It's different because you know most times you have the uh, you have the team sitting on the bench in the sideline, right? But they're on the baseline. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, like w- when you're watching games, it's it takes some time to get used to, I guess. Yeah, mm. uh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's definitely not like a high, high end arena. But yeah. Hey, man, that's only for you, man. It's all good. So, wait, you yeah. tried to walk on? Wait, you're skipping something really important. You yeah. tried to walk on? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I had a really, really bad back injury, basically. Oh, and man. You said back? Yeah, a week oh, before, dang. I basically couldn't walk. Damn. So, <laughs> yeah, was, timing was kind of bad. And the team wasn't that good senior year. Yeah. Like my senior year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you could have been a man. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, I was just yeah, I could have been drafted. It, it could have been it could have been you and Iso Luke, you and Iso Luke played an inside outside game with Luke Cornett, man. Yeah, I heard. You yeah. know, oh, team's bad. I can shine. How how was how was Luke at school, man? He actually got there. So he started his freshman year, uh, the year after I left. Okay, um, all right. But like, I watched all their games basically over the next three four years and. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday, actually, at the Nick game, who also was at Vanderbilt, and he's like, he never saw this coming. Like, he thought maybe he'd be in the league for one year or two years max. Yeah. But, like, his shooting is so much better. Like, he was slow. He His shot mm. was pretty inconsistent, and he's not a starting player now, but as a, you know, third-string center, I'd love him as a second-string center. I could I could work with it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'd say third or second. So, so you think he's yeah. got staying power um, with the Knicks and within the league? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's long and he can shoot. Yeah, yep. block shots, shoot threes. You can stay yep. here. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, Luke, Luke had some good games for us this year, man. I like him. But he had yeah. some good games against us, man. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, let's see what else people are saying in the chat. Dan Wynn says Garland has a smooth shooting motion. Uh, he says he looks nice. He's uh, a fan. Yeah. Cedric Alder, he's questioning Garland over Ja. That's all right. I've heard it all. I've heard people say yeah. that. I'm okay <laughs> taking the uh, like the road less traveled by that. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I told people uh, when I when I was hyping up the show. I said uh, y- your top five is not who they think it is, man, because you got Ja Morant outside of your top five, man. Yeah. Yep. Twenty four points, ten dimes, two steals for Ja Morant. Yeah. Yeah, this kid, is, this kid looks like a beast, man. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> this, he he just looks like he he just has it, man. I I actually saw a little bit of Lillard in 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 John Morant. Really? You know, I I, I definitely did. What what's your take when people are you, are you also along those the lines when people say he hasn't played anybody, Spencer? Um, do you, do I mean you, his conference is bad, but he showed out against Auburn and was it Alabama? Yeah. Alabama game. Uh, um, yeah. over Christmas break. He had a, he had a good showing Auburn as well. Yeah. 
So I don't think it's, I mean, his schedule is easier, but the two big games he's had this year or two of the big games he's had this year was against great competition and Auburn's defense is like ridiculously stingy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, outside of the shot, what what's your take on on his playmaking ability, man? Because that that's what I like about him as yeah. well, man. The assist numbers are 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 nice. Yeah. So his uh, his passing is it's special. Like it's very very good, and it's actually funny because in the beginning of the year, I'm like, all right, is it really that good, or is it just because of him being the only guy initiating the offense? Mm. So I think I missed maybe like three games of his this year. Um, his visions, like it's. It's great. Right. Uh, yeah, he has the ability to, like, make those left-handed hook passes that Trey can make. Um, this, like, right hand tries to force it maybe a little bit too much, which is probably why his turnovers are a little bit too high. But mm-hmm. the passing ability, like, I love. If you had his passing ability with Darius Garland's shot, mm. oof, that'd be special. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I like his playmaking, man, and athleticism. I just like that dog in him, even on defense, yeah. man. He's jumping through like the, the gym, Jails. I like the dog point guards. Yeah, man. Like I know his off-ball defense isn't all that good. It's like off and on. Yeah, and then but, even um, like the point of attack stuff, like getting over the screens and the pick and roll. It's mm. if he's hit, he's done. Like he's not trying to get back in the play, and he takes so many questionable steal attempts, like sixty feet away from the basket, and that stuff he can be taught out of. But there have been few players I've seen who actually look like they care less than him on defense, mm. and. You know, it's interesting because on offense, when he has the ball, you see all the flash. You see his mind's like he wants to do something positive, even if it doesn't always work. But when he's off ball on offense, he's just kind of, you know, lollygagging around. He's not really moving much. Um, yeah, Jaws, uh, he's interesting. Like even next year's cr- uh, point guard crop, I'd take pretty much all of them over him. Who, who's uh, who's number one next year? Is that Cole Anthony or, or is he – Someone else for point, yeah. Uh, I mean, Cole's definitely up there. There's another guy, Theo Meladon. Okay, uh, he's uh, for ASVEL or ASVL. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one, Killian Hayes. He's a so Meladon's like a 6'5. He's a great defender, he's a great pick and roll player. He's got awesome finishing ability. Mm-hmm. He's he just turned 18. Um, Killian Hayes is more of like that smooth play it, you know, slow down pace, but. It can pick you apart. Uh, passing, you can shoot a little bit, but that still needs a little bit of work. And then, obviously, Cole Anthony, everyone from New York knows. Yeah, of course. And everyone in the country knows who Cole Anthony is. Right. Um, and then Anthony Edwards, who reclassified, and now he's playing at Georgia next year. He's not a point guard, but he's he's like a primary option on offense. He's that lead guard. Mm. I like Edwards a lot, too. Okay. Okay. Um Back to Morant. Another thing I see people, uh, you know, knock him on is his size. What, what do you think about that in, in terms of his, his frame and, and height? Yeah, I don't think it's that good. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be that. Like, he's not going to be Russell Westbrook. He's not going to be Chris Paul. Though Chris Paul is a little chunkier more than he is, like, you know, muscly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he's, what, 175 now, I think. Um 175, one, yeah, 6'3", 175. Yeah, so, I mean, I can see him getting to, like, 185. I wouldn't really want to go much above that. I don't really think there's a need to. Mm-hmm. Because even if he gets, like, 200 pounds, it's going to reduce some of his athleticism probably. And 
he's not going to be a switch guy anyway. So I think it'd be kind of pointless <laughs> to get like that big, but yeah, going back, his frame's not great. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think it's that good. Okay. All right. All right. What about Bull? Okay. Bull, Bull. I know that's your guys. Oh boy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Listen, these these guys in the chat, I I just think guys like that, man, I'm just he's already down with a bad injury, man. With a bad what is it? A foot injury, a knee injury? Yeah, it's a foot injury. I I don't trust it, man. We already got Mitch. We got to take care of Mitch, man. We we got to treat Mitch like like a baby, man. You got to tread lightly. KP was down with the nagging foot injuries. So, so you're not down for Bobo the Black Unicorn. Is that what I, I just I don't know, man. I just don't wouldn't want to take the chance. Where are you where are you at with Bull Bull, uh, uh, Spencer? I'd, I'd probably have him outside of like my top eight or nine, but after yeah. that, I mean, after what the injury? Him, no, like I'm saying, like after like the the like around the tenth pick, if you can take a chance on him, I think he's an interesting player. Mm. His motor's not good. It, the foot injury is scary. Like that's mm. not that's, good. That's what I'm saying. Man. I don't trust it. I don't want that yeah. around. I don't want. I, I need a short thing or a closer short thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, if he hits, he's really going to hit. I was talking with with another one of my friends. I'm like, Bull Bull is either going to be a huge stud, like he will be a unicorn, or mm-hmm. he's going to fade out of the league. And like, there there is no real in between. It's just yeah. too. Extreme. It's interesting, man. interesting. Uh, Michael Parker sends us a super chat. Salute to Michael Parker. He says, uh, KD had a foot injury, too. People forget. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. No, I, I definitely didn't forget because that was a bad injury, too. That that fifth. Um, I think he had he had he needed a skin graft mm-hmm. uh, on that foot, man. So that's, that's another thing. And with that, he's taking his injury and his championships to New York, JLs. Hey. <laughs> After he wins his third one. He, yeah, he, he can come, come here and get the bag at uh ugh. Yeah, come to New York, bring a friend. Come to New York and bring a friend, <laughs> man. Um I see people in the chat have have questions for Spencer. Um Dave, if you want, send them the link to the Google um the Google form and we'll we'll get to those Q and A's after we get to the phone calls as well. I don't I don't want to miss anything in the chat. But I saw some people had, had questions for Spencer as well. So Dave, if you could send them the link, we'll we'll pull that up for the end of the show. Um, real quick before we close out on the point guard, Spencer. So you were at the game last night and you were talking about DSJ, um, in terms of the draft strategy, I'm always with the best player available sort of deal. Mm -hmm. If we get to a three or four slot come May 14th and you have Morant and Garland there, not knowing what the free agency holds and still having Dennis Smith Jr. there, you think they they should pull it regardless? I'm in most drafts. I'm a fan of just to pick the best player, just because you can usually tell who it is. But after Zion, you can like you can make an argument for you know six, seven, eight different guys. Yeah. Um. So I guess unless if 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 they really buy into Garland or Morant then you should definitely pull the trigger and you should draft him. And I do think there's some sort of a market for Dennis Smith Jr. Even with, you know, the defensive concerns and the inconsistent shot. Um, I mean, the Knicks are, they're in an interesting place, I guess, just because they have no true number one guy. It's not like they're trying to win now. It's the, it's the accumulation of assets and trying to get lucky in free agency. Right. 
And we're in an asset building building phase, JL. So what do you think about that? If if the point guard is sitting there on the three four slot, or even the five slot, um, do you go there if he's the best player available, or or do you try to address another need area, Jails? What do you think? I mean, man, I've been going back and forth this all the time, but I'm like, yo, Kyrie's coming, might as well get him anyway. Ah. <laughs> See, this is this is why I wish free agency was before the draft. It only makes sense, man. Yeah, it only makes sense. Free agency needs to come before the draft, so that we know for sure. Like, okay, Kyrie's not coming. Let's address, you know, whatever it is we need to address. And, yeah, because then we got uh, trade chips. Like, then you got trade cool. chips. Then you got trade <laughs> yep. chips. You know, uh, I wish that we'd do that, man. But um, what do you guys think about that in the chat, man? If if the point guard is available and, and we're looking at the three to five range. Uh, still having DSJ, and you have a guy like a Morant or or Garland up there. What what do you guys do? Let let us know in the chat. Leave a comment in the chat. So, well, I want to say one quick thing. Yeah. So, someone asked about Seku. Yeah. Um, I don't think like you know last year people were talking about him as the next Giannis. Mm. He's not. Um, Mike Schmidt actually put out a piece uh, earlier this week, and he said he's more of like an Alpha Camino guy, mm. which. I've been saying since last year, I actually, like I spoke with Mike Schmitz on the phone a couple months ago and actually said that that's what I'm thinking. He's like, yeah, I think, I think the people are kind of like blowing it out of proportion a little bit. Mm. Um, so I don't think Seku is really someone you take it like one, two, three, four, five. And I like Aminu, like Aminu's, he's a good fifth starter, but I don't really think you should try to pick a fifth starter if the ceiling, yeah, the I, realistic ceiling isn't that high. I, I agree with that. And um and, and we're gonna get to your uh your next tier players. Let's go to the phones. Will from L I wants to talk about um how Zion should keep playing despite the injury. Will, what's going on, bro? Yo, what's going on? C T J L Spencer, how you doing? Good man, how you feeling, bro? I'm all right. Um listen man, um I was watching uh, the Duke versus Carolina game, um, and I saw what happened to Zion. And obviously, we're going for the number one pick, and we don't know what's going to happen. But um, ultimately, um, you know, going back to what I said before about professionalism and how the NBA is nowadays, I'm just like, listen, the kid signed the contract. He's with Duke, you know, until until he's officially um, going for the draft, you know, he is, in a sense, you know, he belongs to Duke, so he should play. And it also shows that he has a love for the game. And if he does keep playing, I think that shows a characteristic about him that he's not, he doesn't care about the money. Well, he cares about the money, but that's not all he cares about. But he has a love for basketball, and that even makes him even higher on my list. So I just say, you know, um, when it comes to Zion, um, even though it, you know, it is a risk overall. I want a guy that loves the game for the game, rather than you know thinking about his pocket, because that's what all these NBA guys nowadays are thinking about. And I like that. Like I'm all for player empowerment, but the way they are nowadays is out of control. So <laughs> I just want to get your opinion on that. Absolutely, absolutely. I just want to get your opinion on that. All right, appreciate the call, Will. Um, I mean, where are you at on this, JLs? If he should play, should he not play? What do you think about oh, it? Oh man, like I love, I like, I like playing basketball. I haven't played in a minute. And I'm like itching, so like, I can imagine if you have something to play for, like a championship or something like that. Like mm-hmm. for a player, that would have to kill. That would have to kill 
me personally and a guy who wants to win something and be meaningful like if you're a competitor you're gonna want to play yeah like that that's that's just is what it is i wish these guys actually got paid something because it's, it's, yeah. it's not really fair there, there has to be some sort of system to get these guys paid man i gotta be some to, sort of system to get these guys paid you know, um, luckily enough for Zion, I believe he has a uh, eight million dollar insurance policy. policy if he drops what out of the lottery, Spencer. Yeah, I think it's if he's if he's picked. It's I mean, it's either fourteen or sixteen. Yeah, um, or fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, but so, still, like you know, if, if he drops out of the lottery, that's still less money he's making per year. Right, right. right. You know, the qualifying offer and all that stuff is going to be lower. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's an yeah, interesting, really in, interesting debate, man. OG Trill in the chat said he should do what Mitch did. Or just pull <laughs> <out>. <laughs> money, money, Mitch. <laughs> he told Texas Western, maybe Texas uh, Western didn't cut a big enough check. Buddy Mitch yeah, is right. like, listen, man, uh, I'll be home. Uh, I'll be home. But good luck to you guys, man. You, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you know, like Spencer said, selfishly, I'd love to see him in the tournament. I'd like to see him run the table in the tournament. Uh, Obviously, we'll make the tournament much better. But um, listen, the guy got to do what's best for him and and, and his family, man. Word, I'm not completely mad. Yeah. I'll be be a little upset because of my own selfish reasons. I want to see some ball. Right. I I have a feeling he's going to play. Yeah. He just seems like he has that type of vibe to me, man. Yeah, I think think he's going to finish it out. I, I think he'll finish the deal. Can we, get him, can we get him some new sneakers, though? Can we do that? Oh, man. They're playing LeBrons. That's oh, what they were yeah. saying. Because, like, they're built for someone his size. Yeah. I think Swin Cash. Swin Cash is somebody who was saying that. Yeah. Give him some LeBrons. Yeah, Swin Cash did say that. Yep. Give him some LeBrons. It, I, only, it only makes sense. My guy is a legit monster. This guy is <laughs> busting through his shoes. He, That's what Alex said. He's, like, he's squeezing ball basketball. Yeah, man. The fact that they're flating on, live on camera. It's he, like, this is not... He's not human. This isn't an alien. We need to give him some alien wear. Crazy, you know man. And and are these the same shoes that Paul George is wearing in an MVP type season? Yeah. I don't know. But Paul George is tearing up the league right now, man. Paul George yeah, is back. The game winner last night. Game winner last night against who they play? Utah? Yeah. Yeah. Like teardrop over Rudy Gobert. Paul, Paul George is a uh, beast, man. Beast, 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 man. Yeah. Good, good for them. Good for them. I hope they give Golden State a run for their money. At least, oh yeah, I'll be I'll be hyped at Thunder Thunder once. Yeah, at least make it challenging. Nowhere. Yeah, make it uh, challenging, man. Get KD pissed off where he hates Draymond. Let's see another. Let's let's see another huddle. A fight in the huddle, and Draymond's actually, hogging the ball. Yeah, you know. Actually, you know what? You know what? If if that happens, that I I can see him staying with Golden State. Never mind. I don't want. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to be the extra motivation to get him here and clean up this mess. But we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. I appreciate the call, Will. Let's go to um, Jersey. Jamal from Jersey wants to talk about the uh, RJ Zion debate. Jamal, what's going on, bro? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Good. How you doing, bro? All right. Real quick, going off what the last caller said, Mm -hmm. everybody who don't want Zion to sit out is a millionaire already. Chesky, the university, I mean, pretty much everybody except him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, really don't agree with that out. premise. I think he should do what's best for him. You mm-hmm. know, people don't know his family situation. He can have 
people in his family with ailments. Like, you just don't know. You can't really judge it based off what we want. Yeah. Everybody that don't want him to play is millionaires already. Simple as that. Hmm. Far as the debate, I think it is a debate with him and R.J. Barrett. My only concern with Zion is injury history. I mean, he's 18 years old. He <laughs> weighs 285. The shoe incident is an example of the force and stuff he exerts and, and puts on his joints. He's going to go from doing that 30-something games to 82 games. I mean, he can easily get injured in a pro and miss 20, 30 games half a season. What is he going to do? He's going to stop eating? I mean, <laughs> if he's at 285 at 18, what will he weigh at 25? Got the, and and like he's going to keep growing, play, Right. His style of play is physical force. He has a motor. I mean, the kid is an animal, but injury concern for him and that and that type of player is a real issue, especially like around second contract time. That's my concern with mm-hmm. Zion is not what he does on the floor. His jump shot is extremely slow. So it's questions on if he's going to be able to get that off in a pro. He does a <laughs> wind up. So I think for his first few years, it's going to be pure athleticism. Mm. And I think it's a legit concern with can he hold up in his joints and stuff. The kid is, we haven't seen nothing like him. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Spencer, what do you think about that, man? Yeah, I agree that, I mean, the weight and his style, It's there's some reason for concern, but he doesn't have an injury history like the mm. MCL. The I think, he, I think he was more so saying injury risk. I think he meant to say injury risk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every player has an injury risk and yes, there's going to be a, maybe a bigger chance of him just because he's a more athletic guy. Um, but I mean, he's not going to play at 285. Like most guys, in fact, pretty well in the bet that every player who goes from college to the NBA, they get in better shape. You know, they have nutritionists, they have like certified trainers who, who make it their living with Zion, who's going to make basketball as a full-time living to just perfect everything about him. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Knicks, you know, go ahead, Jay. All saying that Knicks, that Fizz uh, Fizz comes from that Heat background. They're going to have everybody in shape. Oh, yeah. and in have shape. Have like a fitness chef. Fit, they had a fitness test before they even played this season. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I would have to imagine if that ever happened with the Knicks, yeah. they're going to put him through the ring and make sure he's at his lowest weight possible. So. Yeah, yeah, like I actually think his his playing weight's gonna be like around two sixty. Mm-hmm. And LeBron six eight two sixty. They're different type of athletes. I think actually in some respects Zion's closer to a Derrick Rose type of athlete. So there's higher risk for an ACL injury mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like he he's built like a rock. Yeah, um, solid man. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be too worried about that. Yeah. Just, just my opinion, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think you you would have to think, man, with, with all we got and with all we know and, and have in, in terms of modern medicine and science and analytics, you know, they, they're going to have this guy, you know, well in tuned within a within a, a good plane weight that, you know, maximizes his strengths and, and uh, you know, tries to diminish the risk of, of injury. I, I think I don't I don't think, you know, you'll see a balloon up like guys like. Rodney Rogers, where they compare him to, right. um, have ballooned up to track the trailer and all those guys. You know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully he doesn't turn into one of those guys. Track the trailer, <laughs> track Michael, the trailer, man. R.I.P. to both of them, man. R.I.P. Track the trailer died, and and uh, Rodney Rogers died. Yeah, yeah man. 
Well, yeah, man, shout out to everybody in the chat once again. This is a special edition, Saturday edition, an early NBA draft. We got to get started early, man. We got we got to break up the monotony of all the losing, JL. There's, yeah, only, there's only so much losing we can talk about in the live stream. We, we got to get to uh, to the draft and, and to, to the offseason. So we got Spencer in here talking about um, some of his top five big board and uh, answering you guys' questions as well. Uh, once again, for those of you in the chat who have questions, you can either call us up or you can fill in the Google form. Dave and Alex should have already sent the link out. Uh, we'll get to those at the end of the show. Let's go to uh, Manhattan. Omar from Manhattan wants to talk about um, the Duke plays in the draft. Omar, how you feeling, bro? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Good. Um, well, you know, first off, just kind of piggybacking off of, uh, you know, that injury concern that Jamal from Jersey was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, if we're nitpicking a kid, you know, because he works too hard or plays too hard that he might be an injury concern – I mean, when are we going to satisfy anybody? You know, Cam Reddish has a low motor. Knox has a low motor. And what, mm-hmm. Zion has too high of a motor? What do you want then? Mm-hmm. Like, if if anything, you know, that just comes with maturity. Like, you'll have to understand where to pick his spots a little better. But I would not make that a concern that the guy plays too hard or, you know, is just an absolute physical animal out there. Um, you know, that's how, like, people did that with Luka last year the other way. Like, mm-hmm. you know... He's not athletic enough. Now Zion's too athletic. Like, we're just almost nitpicking at, at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I told you guys on a, on a previous show that I went, I saw them in person in Cameron Indoor when they played Princeton, and I was lucky enough to, like, sit uh, right on the floor and watch them. And I'm about six foot seven myself. Mm. Zion is basically six foot seven, so that's good to know. And Cam Reddish is super tall. Mm. He's he's a legit six nine. Mm. Interesting. Um, so, like from that standpoint, like just like with the measurements, but mm. you know, with Zion, like what, what I make, what he's such, such a safe pick to me over the other two is that he actually has like elite NBA skills and quality that the other two just don't. Um, mm. You know, I think when you have like a top draft pick, and Spencer, you could speak to that. Um, when you evaluate these guys and these front office people who, who are putting their jobs on the line at these draft picks, I think they want to see like an elite NBA skill that they can bank on. And with Zion, it's his finishing, his rebounding, his defense. Um, and RJ, it's almost like he's the jack of all trades, like a little bigger version of Evan Turner. It, like kind of scares me mm. in that sense because um, he doesn't do anything great. He just does a lot of things well. Um, I don't know what you guys think because I, when I see Zion defensively, it's like Draymond Green on steroids. And that's what I said. I, mm-hmm. I said his you know, defense is, is I, more I to like me than, than his athleticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, that to me. I'm like at the very least, he's going to score 15 points by accident, right? Just from getting to the line and easy oh. dunks. Yeah. So Offensive rebounds, that, like that defense, I'm like, you see Draymond now, who's the same height as him, but doesn't he? Uh, Zion has 50 pounds on him and a foot on his vertical and is way more athletic. I'm like, that makes me feel safe. Like, all right, this guy's going to be a quality defensive player at the minimum. Um, and the other two, I just don't see anything great. Morant in, uh, over in Murray State, I actually see, like, you know what? He's a great passer. He could pass his left hand, right hand, you know, pass from different angles. His athleticism, he could get to the hole at will. Um, 
And you know what? And if anything, I think in the NBA he'll translate even more. And that's probably what hinders a little bit the other guys like Cam and RJ is that people don't realize that in college the paint is four feet narrower and there's a three-second count. There's no three-second count on defense. So you can pack the paint. The spacing is so much tighter than it is in the NBA where the NBA has a four-foot wider key and a defensive three-second count. I just think when the floor opens up for some of these guys, so that you can't triple teams eye on in the NBA like that you could do in college. So he will have his way getting into the paint. Um, and I just thought, what do you guys think that, like, if after, if we don't fall in the, and get one or two, I actually kind of like what Spencer's saying in terms of evaluating your possibility to trade down. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be open to it? I've always been against it, man. I've always been against it. I just feel like if if there's a, a player that another team is is willing to trade up for, I always say them. Then why wouldn't we take that same player? Um, I agree. No, I agree. I would I, I would trade up too if I, if the possibility was there, and if we were like needed to go from four to two or four to one. Mm-hmm. Um, I get, but just assessing that if you could only stay at four, there's no possibility of trading up. Would you trade down and try to get you know a couple shots? At, at I might do that, yo. Like, I'm would not you rather have the eighth pick in this? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm not. I might do that. I'm not that high on Reddish and, and RJ to be honest with you. And those those are guys who seem to be the, the the guys slide to be two and three. I might actually. I mean, I might be higher on on a, on a Morant or anybody but those guys. So, I uh, so. I mean, if Morant is slide to be three or four, and then I might trade down for that. But I, I might, I might do that, depending on where I am. And and Spencer, maybe, you, maybe three and lower. <laughs> and Spencer, you were saying if if they found value at at one of these slots, you would definitely entertain trading trading down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't really think there's that big of a drop off between two and eight. Like, you know, if RJ's going to go two, if Culver's going to go three, Cam four, whatever, if you can grab DeAndre Hunter, who I think has some Robert Covington in this game, mm-hmm. um, that's a that's an unbelievable value, especially if you can pick up, um, you know, maybe a protected first or protected first that turns into two seconds or something like that. Like, you know, the Knicks are in asset accumulation mode, and yeah. I don't really think there's that second star in this draft. Like, this this draft is not last year. There's no Jaron Trey... Yeah. Luca, there's no like Bagley, there's none of that. Carter, mm. um, Mitch, yeah, Mitch. I mean, <laughs> like, exactly. That's not going to happen this year. <laughs> um, but going back to what what he said about Zion having that like elite skill, that that. So I mean, you know, you have the floor, you have the ceiling. Every elite skill just makes the floor that much higher and higher, and it raises the ceiling higher as well. Mm. So instead of instead of a player like if you think of it on a scale, yeah. then. Um, instead of having, you know, the jack of all trades, who has like four skills at a five, uh, Zion having the elite athleticism, the, like the very, very good defense, the elite finishing, rebounding, all that stuff that instead of being four or five, he's got like eight, eight, eight. And then, yeah, you know, his shootings a two or a three, I mean, two, maybe it's too low. Um, but like, you know, a three and a half or whatever, that the, the shooting's going to come up with time, but he has that. He has the the ground already to come in day one and like impact games. Hmm. You can't turn that down. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think the weight issue is just a little overblown because if you think he's a hard worker, then that will take care of itself. Right. Like, right. you know, rest in peace to like the Rodney Rogers and Tractor Taylor, but they were kind of lazy throughout their careers. That was always the knock on them, mm-hmm. that they didn't take their career seriously. If you think Zion's that type of kid that's going to take his career seriously, weight won't be an issue. Yep. That's fair. You know. And he's, also, he's just, he's a freak. Like, LeBron, LeBron, people thought LeBron was going to age badly. Remember when people were talking about that back, like, in 2010, yeah. before, like, you know, he would be an old 30 with bad knees? Mm-hmm. Like, these guys are outliers when it comes to, like, normal physical norms that we that we have in our heads. Um, and it's just, like, you have to throw that out the window. Like, they're just, they're outliers. Greek Freak's going to be an outlier. It feels like it. Yeah. It's almost like Kareem, that, like, he could... <laughs> you know they're aliens. Facts. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like Zion. It's head, head and shoulders above everyone else. Like, I'm, if I'm getting this draft, like, even if we go, don't get one, find a way to get to one if, if possible. So, try to trade up, and I'll trade up a lot to get him. Mm. Um, you know, and I would actually trade up all that stuff that we were saying about trading for Anthony Davis. I would include that to trade up for Zion. That's how that's how high I, highly I think of him. Mm. Interesting. Okay, appreciate. Like I would trade. Moment. I would. I would put. I would. I would go like fourth pick in Knox, and you know, one of the Dallas firsts for for Zion. Oh yeah, I would do that. Oh yeah, I, do that. I would do that. I don't think they would do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. If the, <laughs> I don't know if the number one if Phoenix or the Bulls would do that, but I would do that. I, I would definitely do that, man. Yeah, I mean, like, just at a minimum, I would put in a lot in that deal. Yeah. Like, just to do it. Okay. I appreciate yeah. the call, man. Good call, bro. As usual, All right, thanks, man. guys. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Omar's always a good call, man. Appreciate the call, bro. Yeah. May 14th can't come soon enough, guys. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, absolutely. Can't come soon enough, man. Ah, 14% chance, 50% chance at the fifth pick if we finish first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw somebody ask about uh, Clark. Yeah, Brandon Clark, um, Spencer. Brandon Clark. Okay, yeah, Spencer's got, um, you got about 10 minutes? Yeah, about 10, 15 All right, cool. All right, so we got no more calls in the queue. Dave, I'll shut down the phone. Shout out to everybody for calling in. Uh, Hit that Mm -hmm. thumbs up button for you boys. This is uh, Special Edition Saturday show, NBA Draft Edition. Um, Talk about some of of your other tier guys, uh, uh, Spencer, Brandon Clark being one of them. Yeah, so... Clark, I love. If Clark were like 20 years old, if you're 21, he'd be the number two player in the draft. Mm. Like, he does, he does everything. He's unbelievable defender. Um, he's a great passer. He played point guard in high school. Sam Vecini of the Athletic, I think it was him, had a good piece on him and talked a little bit about that. Um, the jump shot needs work, but there's no reason to think that. Like, there's nothing broken with his form. Okay. Um, so I think it's going to come in time. But similar to how Jaron was just kind of a step ahead last year on defense, mm-hmm. Clark, I think, is that same type of just purely, like, instinctive. Like, he sees what's going to happen. He he does it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, like, the passing ability also. And he's a good finisher. He's active on the glass. There's very little reason to have him, like, in terms of pure skill, he's one of the most skilled players in the draft. It's just he's going to be, I think, 23 his rookie year, 22 oh, okay. An old rookie. On the older side. Right. I see yeah. that. Okay. How about um, Hunter out of uh, UVA, DeAndre Hunter? 
Um, another guy who I like, the guy's awesome. Um, he's, he's very, very, very smart on defense also. Same thing, Mm -hmm. but he takes no risks. So if you look at his steals and blocks, they're, you know, for someone six, eight, two they're on the lower end. Um, but he's the type of player, like he doesn't gamble. Uh, he'd rather take his chances just defending anyone one-on-one because he believes in his defensive ability and, Watching him play for Virginia, he has that ability. So it's not like there's any projection involved. Like, he'll guard anyone from uh, Luke May. That was probably his best post-defense I've seen this season from him. Um, to He guarded Kobe White, Cam Johnson, Luke May, uh, and uh, Kenny Williams. I think it's a shooting guard. Um, he guarded, like, literally every position on the court that game. And yeah. he does it all very, very well, but he doesn't take risks. So I've seen people get a little bit down on him that he's not really using his length mm. and he doesn't get in the passing lanes that much, but I'm like, he's, he's, he's another plug and play guy. He will defend the best perimeter option and he'll do very well at it. <laughs> okay. And I just saw he dropped, somebody said he dropped 26 today on uh, Louisville. Seems like we uh, guys were impressed. So we'll take a look at some of the highlights. Um, later on, but yeah, it's, that's uh, DeAndre Hunter out of UVA. So, um, so to recap, Spencer gave us his top five as it stands right now, pre-March Madness uh, NBA draft prospects. We had uh, Zion number one. Cam was number two. Or, no, who, who was he number two? It was. Uh, uh, I mean, two's Garland. Garland. It's like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you, you, cause you lumped them into like a second tier basically. So it's yeah. basically Zion and the rest and the rest yeah. being RJ Barrett, uh, uh, Darius Garland, Jared Culver, Cam Reddish. And, uh, outside looking in is, uh, John Morant is, is John yep. Morant. Um, let's take a couple quick flash questions. Somebody in the chat asked, uh, Ernesto asked, what about centers? Do you see any centers being taken in the top six? Um, I mean, I guess Brandon Clark could kind of be a center. He's more of a small ball center, but mm-hmm. like, not really. Uh, okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's a particularly high, high ceiling. And mm-hmm. oh, well, Jackson Hayes, maybe. Okay. Uh, out of Texas, six eleven. Like he's long. He's, he's another like he's a pretty quick learner mm-hmm. um very limited offensive game he's not a great passer but he shows some flashes but his movement patterns like the guy is like he is an athlete he is very very light in his feet um i can see him going top six i i have him somewhere in my like second tier now uh, or like the very top of the third on the border between the second and third but he's really the only one who i take if I needed the center. Okay. okay. Um, another guy I'd asked you about in the chat is asking about Rui Hachimura out of Gonzaga. You were putting Brandon Clark over him. What's you said you, you weren't so high as, as people are on, on him. What's your takes on Rui? Yeah. Um, with him, it's just more of like the idea of what is he providing besides scoring? Uh, he's not a good passer. He's not a good defender. And, I mean, people say that, you know, it could be just a learning curve. Uh, didn't really speak English, I don't think, before he got to Gonzaga. Um, it's like 
he reminds me a little bit of Jabari without the explosiveness. Mm. And mm. I'm not a Jabari guy, so I mean he he's gonna go lottery. I I bet he Rui goes lottery. I just don't think it's gonna pay off in the end because like one dimensional players who offer literally nothing or very, very little elsewhere, they don't really have a place anymore in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's uh, un- understandable. Um, Romeo Langford, what do you what do you think about him? Yeah, I tweeted this a few months ago, but if he had a consistent jump shot, he'd probably be another. Like you know, he'd be the second overall pick in the draft. Mm. Um, yeah. He's he finishes really, really well, like ninety ninth percentile. Or I think he was at a hundredth percentile earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, he can pass, even though Indiana's not using him as a playmaker. He's good in the pick and roll, uh, but the jump shot is a major question mark and he has like it's not like his the elbow is bad it, it's his wrist like he really cocks back his wrist so that, that like i've never seen that before um mm. i like romeo though i i wish he had a better jump shot and then i wish he paid attention more to his man off ball because like schematically he's good he'll rotate pretty well um Okay. Just the jump shot. All right. Um, last one. Who's your sleeper in this draft, and how do we get him? That question is from Keith Sinclair in the draft. <laughs> who's yeah. your sleeper, and how do you get him? Uh, I mean, Alex says Boris Asimovic. Like, yeah. I love him. He's the guy. Is, who is I that wrote the Porzingis? For... Is that the bootleg Porzingis you were telling me about? Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's the guy who wrote my piece on for the Stepian. Like my, I wrote the big board, and then I wrote the piece on Simonich, But mm-hmm. he's He's very skilled. Uh, seven feet tall. He's a hyper athlete. Like, I mean, he's a fluid, fluid, fluid athlete. Uh, much more athletic than KP is, both laterally and vertically. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, it's the same thing with him. His his mentality is more along the lines of, like, I'm going to hang out on the perimeter. Um, he's not really demanding the ball. He's not a post-up guy, which I understand he's – his role with Red Star is strictly as a floor spacer. Mm. So I think there's definitely some room to unlock more of his game because I think he has a little bit of a handle. But, I mean, you, you can never have enough guys who can space the floor, who can defend the rim a little bit. He can switch. Um, and he's young. And he's probably going to go, if he enters the draft, mm-hmm. somewhere in like the mid to late second because I okay. think he's still under contracts right. for one more year with Red Star. Uh, but... I, I like seeing each. All right. Uh, definitely ob- obtainable. And, and uh, we'll, we'll pull up some, some highlights throughout the year on, on him as well, JLs. Uh, last we one, last second, one, Spencer. What'd you say? Did we have a second? We have a late second. Right? I don't know if we have a... Um, Houston's. 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 Do we have a second round pick? That's a good question. We'll, we'll look into that one. Good, good question. Um, how about Shamori Ponds for the locals out here, Spencer? Let's close with Shamori Ponds. What, what's your take on him? Yeah, um, he's another guy. Like, I had him in around that Trey Jones, Kobe White, uh, Jordan Poole tier. Um, he, he's a hell of a shooter, a hell of a score. The shot, I still, I still think, is a little bit streakier. Mm-hmm. I'd want it to be. And he's another guy who you could just – it's like a Lou Williams. If you want someone to just go in and run the entire offense through and just put up points, he'll do that. Yeah. Uh, have some shot selection concerns, but – you know, watching St. John's with him on the court and then without him on the court, you completely understand why he does what he does. Like, his role is to be the engine. The guy, yeah. 
like St. John's is kind of screwed. Yeah. Um, but I like Ponce. He's fun. He's fun. I mean, he got like pretty crap done by uh, by Duke when they played. But yeah, hmm. expected. Ponce is a good player. And Trey Jones yeah. is a good player, man. Trey, Trey, yeah, Trey, Trey Jones, Jones is, good. is a good player, man. Um, all right, yo, this this was a, this was a great session, man, and, and I think um, if if you're able to come back, Spencer, I think at maybe a post lottery show when we actually know where we're at, where where it all stands, I think that will be in order, so you could give us yeah, um, your, your definitive lists and the first and second round if we have that second round pick, man. But I definitely um, appreciate you joining us, educating the fans on some of the guys we need to look out for. Uh, obviously, as we near the tournament, you know, these guys will be more and more prevalent uh, on the national stage as well, man. Um, so customary on the show, Spencer, to close out, I'm going to throw the camera on you. Just tell the people where they can find you at and um, on Twitter and promote your website, everything, man. Yeah, um, so I'm at Front Office I, uh, you know, just spell that out, it's one word, uh, and I'm writing for The Stepian, and they're at just thestepian.com, and I'm putting out a whole bunch of videos, like, maybe, usually, I tend to slow down a little bit over the weekend, because that's my, like, I just kind of binge watch games, but during the week, I'm putting out, you know, one, two, three, four videos a day on a couple of guys who I like, um, yeah, I mean, give me a follow on Twitter. I'm active. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks again, Spencer. All right, JL, it's up to you, man. Uh, yeah, you already know the drill. Um, in my description, you see all the links. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Twitter, The KLT Show. Instagram, uh, The Nick of Time Show. Also on Facebook. Also, look, check out the podcast with me and the crew. I know we took a break. Coming back on Tuesday, so... Check the link in the description for that. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, all that stuff. And yeah, also the merch. Merch, I got merch coming. The Fizzdale. I mean, I know some of the merch got wiped out because everybody got traded, but the Fizzdale. <laughs> the, Fizz, the, Fizz, the Fizz hoodie is still popping. You know what I'm saying? People still love the Fizz, the Fizz stuff. You do that, do the Knox. Got, oh, actually got the Knox on today. Got there you the go. There you go. Show, show them the drip. All right. Yeah, show them the drip. Yeah, link in the description for, for, my, for my merch as well. And that is it. Back to you, CP. Appreciate it, JL. Appreciate you, uh, Spencer. And, uh, yo, man, thanks to everybody for tuning in. This was a special Saturday edition. It's time to talk draft. You just heard Spencer break down his strengths and weaknesses for some of these guys, uh, some of these top prospects, man. So, once again, we thank Spencer for providing us with that education. Um, if you guys enjoyed this show, give us a thumbs up. That's the best way to promote this show. Subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up. Share this show with your fellow Knicks fan. Let them know it's draft time and, and uh, we got to dig into it. The show is available in audio format. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher. Uh, so for those of you that need to listen to it in audio format, uh, you have that option available as well. Replay of this show will start at about 5 p.m. Eastern time and replay throughout the night. And uh, yeah, man, that's it, man. Great show, fellas, once again. Um, Sunday night, we'll be back. Knicks versus Spurs. Keith Sinclair, appreciated. Tyon Reed, Ace Bezel, Natty Solo. Uh, JL, who you got in your chat? Yeah, Rich Jim, HB Mac. Charles Lasseter, Matt B, Young Simba. I didn't know you. Give me a minute, Mr. Young Simba. Uh, 
Uh, he was here last night. Ain't here today. Hey, man. Yeah, man. We, we, we got the regulars in here, man. Yeah, the regulars in here. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, people. So we'll see you tomorrow night, uh, 1030 Eastern, Knicks versus Spurs. Let's keep the tank rolling. And, uh, yeah, man, see you guys next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.